I'm in Max, Max, Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello! And and there's no audio. What the fuck is going on? Let me see if I can fix it real quick. Everything changed. There we go. And welcome back to Season 28, Episode 5 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. No, I'm not going to optimize my PC right now in the middle of a fucking stream. Jesus. Hi, Storm. Every, every time we do this, it's always a struggle. There's always like, all right, oh, we're going to update. This is the difference between between tools for serious things and toys. Toys are constantly like, whoop, go do this, whoop, go do that. I'm like, no, then know something. <laughs> Fuck off. Hi, Stork. Hi, I'm Stork. <laughs> And figured it out. Two grumpy old men talking about podcasts and, and we sound are, issues. We are grumpy. <laughs> um, so in, in this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Brian in Osaka writes in about his post-apocalyptic game and tropes GMs overuse. And Adam in Utah writes in with a wish-slash-packed conundrum. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're on the social medias. Meteors, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and MeWe, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. And we're doing the show at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 6.09 p.m. Pacific time. We're just trying it an hour early uh, at happyjacks.org slash live. Um, and I think that's the whole opening. I'm a little thrown off now because of the technical issues. Because the computer, is just it's just being a shitty... Why would would this podcast be different than any other? No, it's actually worse. It's actually worse than it has been, and it's like all of my shortcuts that 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 my uh, browser has remembered. It has now decided to. It doesn't remember any of them. So, like, I can't see the Twitch chat right now. Wonder what happened. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Would you like to read the first email? Sure. Okay. Pull that thing up. I'm going to see if I can figure out what happened to our Twitch uh, chat room. All right. So, uh, Amendment Cities and Overused Tropes from Brian and Osaka. Hi, all. It's Brian and Osaka Japan, Chronovore, on the now-dead forums, and making only an occasional appearance on Discord. I haven't written because I wanted to catch up with the podcast. I was behind by quite a, a bit due to a rough schedule at work. Despite Stork's frequent lamentations, we are all awash in free time during the pandemic, though I've been working from home. Many of my days are past nine months where the 11 to 14 hour range i love you stork despite your tendency to project your own situation on the community at large in all seriousness though uh if you haven't been working my sympathy goes out to you uh goes out to you and the other tens of millions of americans alone who have lost their income in this horrible pandemic and i second that it is awful. i've actually been working working really hard and i'm exhausted and i'm glad this is going on early because i'm in bed by eight but uh, it is. It's awful out there. No. Yes, it is. All right. Jesus, what a dark preamble. Let's hope we can get back on course in 2021. Let's talk about a lighter thing. The Apocalypse! Or at least the GURPS game you referred to in Season 28, Episode 3. I am so happy that you remember the game positively. It started as a zombie-filled survival game. You and Fred did fight a bunch over 
priorities. I also remember when Fred was freaked out by a dream I gave him in character uh, and was going to cut off his own hand just because it whispered to him. Good times. By the way, you and Bill and John Beery drove to Santa Cruz for the revival tour of those characters. Uh, that's where the espresso bean incident occurred. You'll be happy to know that I've returned to GURPS and am slowly making my way through the fourth edition tomes. Hold on one second. Hold oh, Okay. I got to do something real quick. I don't know. that The computer decided to just screw everything up, so I'm starting the stream again. Oh, all over? No, no, no. The the people who are listening will will, will enjoy this little interruption because it's, I guess, a behind-the-scenes stupidity. No, they won't. They won't enjoy it. <laughs> but sorry. Sorry for those of you listening to the podcast. You have to deal with 20 seconds of me talking to myself. And there we go. Now we're streaming. Okay. Should we start over? No, don't start over. Just keep going. <laughs> All right. Continue with the email. Continuing with the email. All right. So, um, you'll be happy to know that I've returned to GURPS and I'm slowly making my way through the fourth edition tomes. I like some of the changes, like simpler attribute price calculation and swapping uh, STHT rolls. A strength and um, health. Because they, 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 right. they basically kind of s- swapped... Right. What what those two attributes are used for, and and we're not streaming on Twitch. You have to watch it on YouTube. Sorry, everyone. I'll let everyone uh, know. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm not down with the nine types of damage. You mentioned GURPS game had you in a city where everyone disappeared. This brings me to a question. That's a trope on which I rely too much. I think I've had abandoned slash empty cities in five out of six games I've run. What tricks do you use to avoid wearing thin your own go to tropes? I'm feeling called out here. Thanks a bunch, Brian. P.S. Are these still required? P.P.S. You <laughs> said P.P. P.P.P.S. Strike! All right. Let me just say, uh, now this is the, the game, the post-apocalyptic game where we made ourselves as characters. Mm. Me and Fred. And then we were wandering around. We basically woke up and th- there was no one. It was just the, the, wherever we went was completely abandoned. And then it eventually it sort of transformed into a fan. We got sort of transported into the future, and it, and and the post-apocalyptic world inter- sort of turned into a, a fantasy world with magic. So that was that was basically kind of the, the the conceit of the of the adventure. It's a complicated conceit. I mean, it's not just like a one shot. That's a pretty. Oh no! It was a campaign. It was a campaign, yeah. and it was fun. It was fun. So yeah, I, I only just now found out that you and Brian have known each other since. Uh, college, college, you said? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like 40 yeah, he years. Was, he was in my GURPS game. Uh, well, I don't know if it's quite 40 years. That would make... It means I started college when I was 14, and I'm not that smart. <laughs> not by not by a long shot. <laughs> I, right. I like, rounded up. 30-ish. Well, I graduated in 89, so... Yeah, two, 2021 minus 1989, and that'll tell you how many years it's been. Math. Math it. Math it out, pal. Um... <laughs> But six years, something. Anyway, I don't know. I'd math it. Um, but it, that that was a really fun game, and the fact that we were playing ourselves, suddenly our characters, well, suddenly we became cowards. Funny that, <laughs> because right? Because it's like I don't want to do it. Gurps is scary enough, <laughs> even when you're playing an imaginary character, right? You know? But when you're playing you yourself, could, yeah, you it's like suddenly it's like. No, I don't want me to die. I don't care about <laughs> Zog the Barbarian, but me? Fuck that. So, yeah, it got it got a little rough. <laughs> I can see that. 
wasn't just sort of confronting your own foibles, you know, especially how everybody else sees you. I could see how it could be like a little, I, don't, I wouldn't say, do I say that? Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't run. Yes, we'd all run. <laughs> or I don't think you'd say and fight for this. Yeah, I could see how you're confronting but it's, your idea of self and your actual self. Yeah. <laughs> well, that happens during character creation. Because we did character creation all together. And then you have those uncomfortable conversations like, dude, I don't think you have an IQ of 14. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really yeah. have? Do you really have four points in karate? Really, four points? That much? You're not that strong. And then, and, then, and of course, we're in college, so a couple times, no, we'll come over here. I'll kick your ass. And then you go over there, and then next thing you know, you're in this headlock you can't get out of because <laughs> it's college, you know. And you're everyone in college is a little bit of dumb shit. <laughs> that's what you do. You're on your own for the first time ever. There's a time and a place for everything, and that place is college. <laughs> So, um, and he's right about GURPS, because I'm rereading uh, the fourth edition rules, because I'm actually planning on running a, a, a GURPS campaign in the soonish future. Um, and there are, there, there's a shit ton of damage types. It used to be three. It was crushing, cutting, and impaling. And that pretty much covered everything. And, just burning. And now there's burning, and there's piercing, piercing plus, piercing plus plus. Poison. Piercing uh, plus plus. Is yeah. That like if you fall on a punchy yeah, stick. That's like sniper rifles. <laughs> it's like stuff that's moving so okay. fast that it's, you know, you, you, the, what do they call it? Hydrostatic shock. Yeah. Of a, of a bullet impact when the bullet is going 3,500 feet per second and it has yes. a significant mass. They say that's what gets you. It is the hydrostatic shock. I watched a, a, a video about, about that and it is. Um, one of the problems is if you have um, um, if your body is solid fluid inside where there's no air gaps, you'd be okay. But the fact that there are air gaps in in your body causes compressions and decompressions to happen in such a way that you end up tearing yourself up inside. If there's a if there in, in fact the the what I was what it was talking about was fish and throwing like M80s or sticks of dynamite in a lake. Well, cause, cause water doesn't like to compress. Right. So when you do that, it just, but all the squishy stuff inside you will. Yeah. But I can't remember exactly what the reason was, but, but it's, but apparently you can like depopulate a, 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 a pond by throwing mm-hmm. an M80 in it, like literally kill every, Why, kill all illegal. of the fish in it. Yeah, everything. Frogs, fish. Right. Swimming uh, ducks. Mallards. Um, <laughs> Mallards. <laughs> so anyway, what's uh, what's this here? Uh, okay, I'll go first because I have a trope that I always fall back on, and that's uh, eventually the big bad is summoning something, some elder god. There's always a lot of summoning. There's a summoning circle. There's a summoning ritual. I tend to fall back on that trope, and... When I read this email, I'm like, hmm, that seems to be... It's like, what trope do I have? Oh, yeah, that's probably the one. Um, and I don't think I've ever used an abandoned city. So my, my, my quickie and maybe sarcastic advice is steal somebody else's tropes and try them. <laughs> because... Hey, uh, first of all, you got to realize you have a trope. First of all, you got to realize like all of your games have the same thing, which is something you may not know you do. In fact, I'm sure... That I, in fact, until I read this, I'm like, hmm, let me go through my games. It's like, yep, there's three out of like the seven that I ran 
yeah, had the same sort of summoning trope going on. Oops. Maybe I had to think about so that's, it. So, so, so your, your trope is like summoning elder gods and shit like that? Okay, so usually it has to do with you stopping somebody summoning something, right? Not necessarily that you've been summoned, but yeah, it's usually like you have to stop a necromancer from summoning an elder god, or from a, 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 cha- a chaotic cult from opening a portal to you know another another to the astral plane, that kind of thing. No, I've done that a lot too. Come to think of it, because I, I was kind of racking my brains, like what is it that I always lean back on? Because I'm sure I do lean back on something, but I can't think of what it is. It's summoning. I mean, think about with Call of Cthulhu. There's really no, there's hardly any other way to get to do that game. It's usually you have to stop the thing from being summoned. Uh, that's sort of an edge case in that case. But all of my D and D games, uh, some of my some of my freak show games, have all sort of had. You know, you've got to stop this group cult people thing from summoning or opening a portal to another realm. That's my right. Joke. Well, and that I mean that is the well that is the Call of Cthulhu standard conceit mm-hmm. i wonder if there was i wonder i mean that's pretty much when i think of call of cthulhu i have difficulty thinking of something that isn't about summoning an older god well like the thing the the movie the thing which is based on hp lovecraft short story is a way to do a, a cthulhu or yeah is a way to do call of cthulhu without it being a, summoning an older god the, you know the, the it is amongst you it's just a monster that's and 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 it's not like he didn't write a whole bunch of stories about that kind of shit too right i mean because someone what is it on uh is it there's a horror streaming service called shutter is that the name of it sounds right uh they have they have a, a movie that they put out called the color out of space is mm-hmm. that the name of the short story that's, yes, and I know that's a Lovecraft story. Yes, and, and, good and, recalls too. I think it was the uh, called the Color Out of Space. Yeah, Color Out of Space, and it. Um, I, I didn't end up watching it because I think I had to pay for it, like rented or something. But because um, it didn't get good reviews, because I mean, H.P. H, H. Lovecraft short stories turned into films. Some of them are funny. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I can name on one hand the, the good H.P. Lovecraft. So the Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, is right. one of them. Now, is that is that technically an adaption of a Lovecraft story, or is it just sort of like... No, it, it's an adaption of a Lovecraft story, but it's also an adaption of the film that adapted it first. There was the film The Thing, and then the Lovecraft story. And, but there is a Lovecraft story called The Thing? I don't know if it's called The Thing, but it is based on that. And there's another one, I think Reanimator, was that... There's That's a, kind of funny. I think there's a couple of them. Reanimator, yeah. Reanimator is is like what I think of when I think of H.P. Lovecraft. It's movies. pretty campy, yeah. It's extremely pretty campy. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, it's got, no Rocky Horror Picture Show, but still, it's close. <laughs> it it could have been the the man with two brains. <laughs> I love that movie. I really do love that movie. I remember we used to watch him when I was in college. And the, You're talking about Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin? No, no. Uh, she was. I don't think she was the other anyway. lead, but yeah, it's the Steve Martin film. Is it the Man with Two Brains? Isn't that what it was called? Yeah, he did that. Yeah, that was that he was in that film. I was. I haven't doing, watched it since it came out. But. Right, I was going to inject poison into your brain. I don't mind. Um, that the one anyway. But we used to watch the, the <laughs> H.P. Lovecraft because I think there was another one. Wasn't there a second one? The thing you mean? There was no, a sequel, which I was wanna, awful. I, I, no, I think there was a second H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft movie with the same sort of cast, like the 
some of the same actors. Oh, and I can't remember the name of it. Well, anyway, I, oh, the yeah. thing on the doorstep is 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 a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. Maybe that maybe that was it. Maybe it's based on that. I don't know. I, I've never read that. I'd have to I'd have to read it to find out. Um, and then there's see sometimes with Lovecraft that they dig something up, right? And then something starts infecting them that way. So it's you don't always have to be summoning an elder god. You could dig up something, and then it, you know. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of crossing over. I mean, Hellboy really just the first Hellboy really wears. Maybe just yeah, for, yeah. You know really what? Wears its Lovecraft on its sleeve. I think I have. I think I have the same overused trope that you do because I was thinking about like when I ran the vampire game. They were trying to wake up. The, well, not the the bad guys. Not the one the one current one that's on hiatus, but the one before that. Um, the, the, that took place on the island. They mm-hmm. were trying to wake up um, a, a sleeping like, elder, yeah. elder va- uh, vampire. Well, not an elder, but like a Methuselah or some really, really, really old vampire. That's maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't. That's think similar. Really summoning it. Yeah, similar yeah. though. It's like waking. It, it's it's making something like come here that shouldn't. I guess it's very similar to that. I'm trying to. What did it, what what is the it was. I didn't do that with um, the L five R game. That was a, a a bad guy who'd always been around forever and ever. It was actually your great 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 grandfather or whatever it was. Spoilers if you haven't watched the last. With my uh, with my freak show games, I I actually had one where they were summoned. They were, they crossed over into the Fey realm, which was a twist on the trope, right? It's oh yeah, definitely. They they were summoned, and then I did one where they. They unlock Grendel in Boston. Now Grendel is running around it, which was a troll, really. It was running around Boston, and the freak show had to figure it out. But and that was they didn't summon it. But again, they somebody they dug it up and they opened up the sarcophagus, and out comes this troll. And uh, yeah, hilarity ensues. Now the chat room, but the chat room's go got a few of them here. What happened to my mic? Why is my mic turned sideways? For fuck's sake. Um, I'm, of, I'm having a lot of technical difficulties today. I'm going to have to go through this shit and figure out what the fuck's going on. Uh, Kurt in the chat room says his go-to trope is that the good guy is always the bad guy and the sinister guy is always the good guy. I've I've played with that one, too, because I, m- I remember I had the uh, a, a whole camp of goblins in the D&D game, and you guys are like, oh, they're goblins, they're evil, let's kill them. And they're like, no, wait, we're only doing this because our families have been taken from us or being held hostage by an evil mage who happens to be human one of those things yeah so that's always fun and then uh rpgm sean says it's been a while but my fallback is usually the good npc is actually the bad npc slash antagonist same similar trope um and then ak lava said that uh are are your tropes dependent on what type of game fantasy versus science fiction versus modern Hmm. A little, but I, I, the summoning trope is used all the time. I used it in science fiction. I, I used it like my freak show games, which were modern. Um, I used, I definitely use it in D and D. Yeah, that's my go-to. And I'm trying to think if there's any others. I used to do one in Champions. It was a, it got, it got to be a signature move, and they called me on it every time. Which is, you know, when Champions, the dice are flying and the villains getting hit, and usually I would have them fall down and lay there. And I got them a couple times. They come up and say "aha," you know, and then the guy would like jump up and hit them. Oh, right? so that's like they would only play dead. 
and I did it so many too many times. We were like, we're not buying this anymore. We're that's more of a again. that's more of a tactic than a it th- was than a than a trope. But, but I did that it is much. a good idea. Well, you pro- yeah, that, I could start doing that. Um, <laughs> Shit, what have I done? <laughs> oh, now but, this Mars in the form. This is dangerous. He says, um, my current DM's trope is that you always meet the big bad evil guy in the first session. What happens if someone figures it out and they kill him? Right. Well, I guess if, you, if you're playing D&D, it's hard to kill a super high-level thing if you're, like, you know, first or second level. But I would worry about that in... in well, you may not recognize him as the big bad at that point, too. He, you know, yeah, but only takes... Just a, be the bartender. Yeah, but see, when, when the whole point of you introducing him to him is it's, it's like... You're like a cat playing with a mouse. It's like you want to, like you want to make it, you want to let it think it can get away, and then grab it, and then you want you, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah. you're. That's when the GM gets like, oh, I'm gonna give you drop little tiny esoteric clues that you probably won't figure out, but there's that one smart ass at the table who does. And next thing you know, oh fuck, they killed my bad guy. His or brother. I just wiped them out. Or, or yeah, because they're supposed <laughs> to be here for another eight episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and end up having a TPK. Yeah, it's like you guys were supposed to go out and get the you know the magic sort of ventuzler before you were able to because that's the only way to kill him. Oops. Right. Yeah, tropes. I don't. I don't have a problem with tropes. I don't really see them as an issue unless you use them over and over again on the same group. Right. Um, right. It is. What is interesting is this sort of a thought experiment. Is like, do you have a trope, and then how do you fix it? What is something else you can do instead of? Um, and I find myself kind of uncomfortable. I'm like, gee, will it be as fun or you know, interesting? Because it's, I know, I know the summoning trope, and I know how to handle that, and I know there's a lot of variations. What do I do instead? Right. What are my, what are my, what are some other options? I, I wonder. Uh, again, maybe I'll start stealing some other tropes. I don't think I've ever had an abandoned empty city in any of my games. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's some creepy shit too. Yeah. It really is, and it was. It was really creepy. It was. I, 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 I remember what I was feeling when that game was happening, and it was creepy as fuck. And I remember then when Fred was talking. I, because I, I had completely forgotten about that. I'd blocked it out, but I remember when Fred was like seriously considering because he was acting weird, and I could tell he was acting weird, but he wouldn't tell me why, and it was freaking me out even more because he was the only other person in the whole world, as far as I knew. <laughs> Wow! Oh, is this two of you in this game? That's yeah, it, was it, was? It, start, it started out with just the two oh, of us. That's a little creepy. Yeah, oh, just yeah. Two people. Yeah, in Gerbs, where it's like, if we go outside, we could get eaten by wolves, like literally. <laughs> I, no, we're staying here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was terrible. But uh, yeah, and and, and to uh, to the listeners at home and to those listening live, if you want to send in the the tropes that you use, maybe we make it like a little collection. Maybe yeah. maybe next episode we can. Um, make make them brief, and we can kind of get a collection of the tropes that people have used. And maybe if we get a ni- nice collection of them and talk about them, maybe we'll find out someone will go, "Hey, that's a cool trope I've never used." And then we can trade tropes, <laughs> or and then just, we won't yeah, be as like predictable. A, exactly, is it's it's a springboard. I mean, but I mean, how it is an interesting thought experiment. Like when you're doing this, like how how else would you solve this problem? Like you've already set up your your campaign. You know that you're going to be summoning an elder god at the end of it. Your big bad or the big bad's cult. And all of a sudden, you can realize, oh my god, this is like the fifth time I've done this. How do you right. change that? What would you do in in mid game? Oh well, I don't know if you could. Well, mid game depends how far into it you are. And if the, I think it's kind of a dick move if the players have already kind of figured out what's going on at that point to 
to switch it unless you can right. do it in such a way where you're making all the information they've already received still consistent with this other conclusion yeah but but i mean but i mean it could be done i mean i added stuff and it was even in the first session in the vampire game because i I wasn't going to have any mages in the original vampire game right i had no intention of having any mages and then suddenly it's like oh well they're really interested in this old woman who owns a bar so i guess i'll throw (laughs) might as well and it made it it really absolutely it absolutely did so but yeah that's a very very thought-provoking question so so send those in all right uh, to yeah, be fair, ahead. the whole summoning trope is everywhere. Like I said, Hellboy has it. I mean, I'm thinking of like a lot of sort of fantasy, you know, it, it movies. There's always the ones that are like there seems to be something that gets summoned or, like you said, awakened. Right, the other, even Troll Hunter, <laughs> awakened trolls. All of a sudden, the one I used to do in college when I was running a lot of fantasy was the the super powerful evil mage who wants to basically become the king of the world. Yeah. And that was I mean that was I I, I probably did that two or three times. In in various different forms, but all basically kind of the same thing. Because that's one of the things that I've always thought a lot of fantasy games don't assume, and I think they should or, or at least that's something that should be explored is the fact that if you're a mage and mages aren't common why the fuck aren't mages in charge of everything they can bend reality right, right. so it seems to me that that in fact i i I made ga- I, I I once designed a world. This is years and years ago, and I don't even know if I still have any of the stuff I did with it. But I designed a world where there's this sort of like hierarchy of mages that made up basically the de facto government, and everyone else who wasn't a mage lived a shitty ass life because it was basically a this an overbearing oligarchy by people who were super powerful and could bend reality to their will. And if you didn't have the ability to do that, man, you're kind of fucked. It's like, yeah, or so, you're really fucked. Well, I mean, that's Middle Earth. It was the White Council, right? But of course, then they had other supernatural creatures that sort of keep them in check. Yeah, but. see, in 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 that the the the, the whole you, you had you had these few super powerful people who were all sort of intrinsically good. But what right, happens when they're gone yeah. and like their kids come up and they're a bunch of spoiled shits? Well, and they're not good. Sarban. <laughs> You know, wasn't well, good, but he eventually turned. He was right. good for a long, long time. No, I'm like, talking about like a whole world where it's like, yeah. Because I, I, I just started reading, oh, what's it called, the Alice Varus series. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, someone had suggested it to me that it was it was similar to uh, Dresden, and it is very similar to Dresden, kind of. Um, it's about a mage. He's not a mage. He is a seer. He can he can predict futures. And he can, like, in his mind, he can, like, sort of visualize all a bunch of possible futures when he gets to a critical point of view and he has a choice to make. And he can flip flip through and he can kind of flip through these things. Right. But he doesn't have any other magical powers per se. He has a collection of magic items that he can use. And it's modern, so it's urban fantasy. Um, The... I'm not... I'm enjoying the book. I'm not 100% sold on it yet. We'll have to see what happens because one of the, th- the the things that I like about the Dresden Files series is the other characters. 
yeah the supporting cast because there's a lot of them and they're different and 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 they're 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 very interesting people to me and they all and and the the thing that to me that kind of stands out about dresden is dresden's a super powerful mage who's you know leveling up as the books go on mm-hmm. and you have all these people who are just normal everyday people but they find a kind of figure out a way to hold their own against these horrible monsters that with or without harry exactly yeah and um i'm not seeing that sort of lack of helplessness in some of the npcs in his story to the point where it's kind of annoying and i'm hoping that changes in later books like it's they've got like he has story arcs in mind for some of them but um in that one of the one of the conceits in that series is that mages oh there's also a little nod to dresden files because in the very first couple paragraphs he talks about the fact that um because he owns a, a magic shop and most of the stuff that he has in it is hokum it's just fake stuff like like oh here's some special candles and here's some crystals and right stuff like that and uh but he actually also has actual magic items and he has a very select clientele who might come be able to come in and buy them i think well and we'll find out later but um it sounds good it is it is i'm enjoying it um quick it's a pretty quick book too but um the 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 world he, he mentions in the first chapter about the fact that you know there aren't very many mages who advertise themselves or who advertise because he says it's difficult to have a business like this because you don't you want to advertise and you don't want to you don't you don't want to be come across as a crackpot. I hear te- and he says quote I hear tell in Chicago there's a fellow who 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 advertises nice. in the yellow pages. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Which I you know as soon as I read that I'm like okay I'm definitely going to finish this book because it, it it it's it's totally a nod to to Dresden. But um, one of the conceits in it is the fact that there are light mages and dark mages, and they're whether they are good or light or dark depends more not on what magic they know, but how and why they use it. Mm. And dark mages are believe basically you whatever power you have, it's your right to use it however you see fit, and. Dark mages have sort of this hierarchy, but it's a hierarchy based on force and violence. I'm glad you said force, because it's sounding an awful lot like Jedi and Sith, but carry on. No. No. no I, I don't... I don't <laughs> no, I don't think so. See, because the... Well, maybe, because cause when I look at Jedi and Sith, I don't think either of them are good guys. Well, no. <laughs> because it's like... They're both they're sides of the same coin, but, yeah. and that gets addressed, you know, sort of later on. But originally, it was like there's the good guys and the bad guys, and, right? That's certainly know. how the story started. Yeah, but and in this, it's it's ambiguous as well because he, he doesn't really trust either side, and he's you know he was he, he has this, a very similar story to Dresden where he was sort of raised and apprenticed to a to a dark mage, and now he's he doesn't want to be that, so it. But um, I think, because that's kind of what I'm working on, because I want to run a GURPS fantasy campaign, and, and what I'm working on right now is I'm coming up with what the world is going to be like, and I want it to be that world where it's like the the mages are like entrenched in, in political power, and things aren't so great, and that's 
you know, there's also infighting amongst themselves. You can get absolutely, too, and that you know, infighting, like Roman emperors, and that infighting has a lot of fucking collateral damage. Sure, <laughs> because you, when and in fact, the, what kind of inspired this is because I'm in the middle of writing the fourth book for the Mandite series, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I think is going to happen in that book is they're going to try to put together sort of like a mage council mm-hmm. that's going to be sort of like a secret government. Because they've never really gotten involved in politics, but because of the events in the third book, now they're like, "Man, I think we kind of have to at this point." So it's going to kind of sort of create this monster Shadow that they cabinet Illuminati exactly right yeah, exactly. But it's going to be about the creation of it and the and the transformation of it into something bad. So, but I think I don't know. I haven't finished. That sounds, that sounds good. Now that you've tipped your hat, though. I know. Can't be in your game. <laughs> no, you can be totally in the game. Um, all right. So thank you, Brian, for the email. And um, I'll go on to the next one. I, a wish-packed conundrum from Adam in Utah. Some brief backstory before we get to my question. In my current D&D game, I have limited access to some key powers, one of which being the wish spell. Fuck wish spells. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, it is essentially allows a player to change the reality of the world to their liking via a verbal command. Even though I've limited these, one of my players has a magic sword that, when reforged, will give him access to three wishes. He recently multiclassed into Warlock, and the demon he formed a pact with demanded to be given a wish spell when the sword is reforged. So he's only going to only have two, but the demon gets one. Mm -hmm. Okay. This releases the player from the pact with all the abilities now permanent. Okay. I learned last week my player plans to spend one wish to make it so the demon's wish doesn't work. Hmm. How should I handle the demon's reaction to this? I don't like doing monkey paw-esque shenanigans because I don't get that reference. It's a monkey's paw. The monkey's paw was a was an old story. Oh, you don't let your... Put the peanut in the jar and its hands stuck because it... No, no, no. I think it was an actual, oh. like, a, a monkey's paw. I think it was, I forgot who wrote the story, and I think it was like a shriveled monkey's paw, but it was, uh, when you wish on it, it, it's like with for every wish, you have to be very specific about the wording, and I think it comes with, um, yeah, you just have to be really specific about oh, the wording. Oh, the, the monkey's, I, I'm just reading the Wikipedia article. The, the, yes. The monkey's paw, the wishes come with an enormous price for interfering with fate. Right. So he doesn't right. want to do that. Okay, that was good. actually going to be my first answer. Um, uh, monkey paw-esque shenanigans because of how long the player has been working at this. And logically, the pact would be complete because the exact verbiage used, but I can't decide how it reacts. As always, your show is a delight each week. Thank you in advance. And drink, Adam from Utah. Yeah, that's this is a... It's a tricky thing. This is one of the reasons that wish spell is so terrible is because, you know, you basically have given your player reality bending powers. Not once, right. but now you've basically given it to him twice. Um, and I'm always I just came up hesitant. with it. I just came up with it. Okay, because uh, I always say just rely on, you have them say exactly or write it down exactly what the wish says and then go through and parse out those words. But because I mean, I, I think the I think in order to figure this to figure this out, I think as a GM you kind of need to do some like metaphysical thinking about how wishes actually work in your world. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think that's 
are they granted by some sort of deity? Or is it its own powerful magic that actually bends reality itself? Mm-hmm. Because there are going to be repercussions to anything that you do. Mm-hmm. Because you, when you are changing reality, I mean, you can say that you know every action has an equal and opposite reaction, however you want to do it. So if you say, I want a million gold pieces, that means maybe somewhere in the world there's a million missing gold pieces. Maybe it's one out of every king's treasure chest on the entire planet. I don't know. But but and it would also also it would depend on how it's phrased and but i think more importantly it is where that power comes from is it just itself a sort of spell that that tweaks reality or is it something that's being granted by a some sort of higher entity okay that's a good starting point because it I mean, and there, there could be other 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 possibilities. Those are just the two that are coming to my mind. So then you kind of have to logic out what is going to be the consequences if the player wants has two wishes left and wants to use one of the wishes to say that the demon's wish doesn't work, and he's already agreed to the pact in such a way that that won't nullify it. So he will still get out from underneath the demon's influence. Is that going to be a matter of who uses their wish first? Mm-hmm. Because the demon, being a supernatural being, might already suspect something like this and may say, "My wish is that our that our agreement is null and void," <laughs> or it may hold on to it, or may hold on to it. But if I don't see, that's weird. If you if you say that, if you say that uh, your your wish null, nullifies another wish, can it do that retroactively too? I mean, you could undo something. That makes perfect sense to me. If the demon said, "I want to be able to walk the earth with uh, unfettered," and let's say it, it normally can't do that, mm-hmm. then. You, the the character could use one of his two wishes to say, "Oh no, um, you can't do that." You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You could you could switch it back to the where it was before for sure. Right, and then you have but, one wish left. But you you would have to wait for the demon to go first, I would think. Or or you could I guess you could wish for the demon's wish to be ineffectual if that's what he's doing. Okay, here's here, RP uh, GM Sean. How about let the PC's wish cancel the demon's wish, as asked, but the demon will become aware of why the wish didn't work. This could then lead to the demon coming after the PC and more adventure. I like that. I like that. Because yeah. then you've got a pissed off demon. Right. Who's like really pissed off, possibly. So right. I mean, and, his, and his friends in hell. And, and, and he, he also, one of his other comment was, it's the square root of minus one, which it's... <laughs> It kind of, yeah, it is. It is definitely a real conundrum. Yeah, it's it, it's like I'm trying to th- trying to think of something in literature or in film where that's happened. I'm, I'm, there, there was the you know you can't wish for more wishes, and, and what happened in Latin? He wished for ultimate power, and then I don't I'm trying know. to remember like how they canceled all that out. I don't know. You trick the person into wishing for something else, right? And then. 
spoilers, there's a, a recent movie that came out that's all about granting people's wishes, and with every wish, there's an opposite equal reaction, right? Something right. bad has to happen for it. And, you know, like you said, perhaps that's a way to to make that work. So, so the demon's wish doesn't come true, but it comes true for another demon? Or, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of ways to, to make this work. You've given them wishes. You've had time to think about it. I don't know the, the mechanics in your world, but it's, it is a, you may just have to let them do what they did. I mean, I think it's fair to ask the player, because you're, I mean, this, this is the kind of thing that can create an enormous amount of game prep, um, mm-hmm. grant, giving players wishes. Uh, and, and I wonder if... Well, my, my, my initial instinct is to be careful not to try to... Not, don't actively look out ways to cheat them out of this, because you have given it to them, they've been That's looking forward dick, to it. Something's yeah. like been working really, really hard. That would be an enormous dick So move. try not to be too much of a dick about not giving them the wish the way they want it to happen. Because at the end of the day, that's you know this is what they've been working for. So I mean, we're busy trying to figure out ways to sidestep the actual power of the wish. Maybe you just let it happen. I don't even but know like if it's sides. Is it sidestepping? Because <clears throat> now, oh, see, hmm. <laughs> what if what? If, let's say you reforge this weapon and you get three wishes. I would say you can't just give one of those wishes to the demon. In order to do that, you'd have to use up one of your wishes to give them a wish. Well, that's what I was assuming happened. That's why we said he's still got two. But yeah, maybe you're right. No, but he wanted to. No, 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 no. You don't understand what I'm saying. Oh, I've got three wishes. I wish to give one of the wishes to a demon. That uses up your wish and Mm -hmm. gives one of the wishes to the demon, leaving you with only one. Ooh, Do you see I what see I'm what saying? saying? Yeah. Now you have to decide. You went through all that trouble to get it, but I've got one wish left. Do I want yeah. to use it to nullify the demon's wish? And now all the work I've done is for nothing, but I, you still get out of the pact. Yeah. That is actually, I think that might be a, 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 a interesting resolution to, the, to that t- kind of conundrum. But someone in the uh, the demon never has to reveal his wish. This is Robert uh, in the chat room. Uh, make the player guess. Make it a mystery. Right. And like you said, the demon could just take the wish and go on its merry way, and then <laughs> then everybody I mean, and then the I, demon can make its right. wish at its leisure. It could happen now. It could happen millennia from now. But I, I do think I, I think depending on the mechanics of how this character was granted the wishes, he may not just be able to hand them out. He may have to burn one of the wishes to actually give one to someone else. Unless he says he goes to the demon and says, "Okay, I have three wishes. What do you want me to wish with the one wish?" Yeah, and then you just grant whatever that is, assuming that you know. And that also gives you veto power. That also lets you lets you say, no, you don't get to turn me into an ant. Well, okay, and then, okay, so let's just say you give the player their wishes. I mean, at the end of the day, you've been preparing for the fact that he's going to have three wishes. What is it that they could do that's going to break your game? Probably not too much. 
he's maybe going to wish his demon away or whatever. But th- so now, so what? Now your player has got free agency and, and all his powers. That's cool, right? And he hasn't been working towards it. It's say he decides to bring elves back into existence. I don't know. Um, cool. Now you get that to play with in your game. So you're allowing them to change your world a bit. Sure. But that's okay, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, they... In as long as they're not dicks about it. I seem to recall in old d and I'm talking like first edition, that like if it was a game mechanic thing like levels or attribute boosts or things like that, I, I don't, wasn't there like a limit to it? I seem to recall, like, you could use a wish to, like, level up your character a certain number of levels or increase an attribute by a certain amount. Yeah. Am I correct in that, or am I full of shit? I don't know. I, I seem to recall reading something like that. I knew there the, were lesser wishes in the and greater wishes. DMG. And I, don't, and I don't remember the wishes being complete reality bending. I think they were, they were up to a point. You could only do certain things. Right. Because I think, like, at least in ADD, I think Wizards got Wish... At like level ten or something, level twelve, wherever they maxed out. And then I, anyway. Oh, Aklava Ak- too. What if the demon's wish was to become mortal or not evil anymore, and the player's nullifying that essentially damns the demon. That makes the player the bad guy. That is always the, my fun thing to do. <laughs> then we bring back our trope about the good guy and the bad guy. Right. So hmm. That is an interesting, interesting thing. But I, I think, I, I think I, I like the idea of you have to burn. If you're truly going to transfer a wish to someone else, you have to use a wish to do it. Right. I would and think. I, I also think you should monitor what they say very carefully because there could be um, consequences with with the wordage. Not to, you don't want to be too much of a dick about it. I mean, you know that's what you meant by the monkey paw thing. You are so, dealing with a demon. You are dealing with a demon, and exactly. the demon is is going to. I mean, at least I mean the, the way I've always played them is they follow the words, not mm-hmm. your intention, but the words themselves. And if they mm-hmm. can, just like what the, people always assume fairies do, right? Mm-hmm. They follow the words. Words are the, what has the power. The so as long as if, you, if they promise to do something, they're going to follow the words that you that they promised, not what you think that they were going to do. Right, the literal meaning of the words, right? Like, so if you ask for a million gold pieces, you didn't specify what a piece of gold is. So you could just have gold flakes that suddenly fall around you. It's pieces of gold. Right, yeah. <laughs> you didn't say gold coins you said right well there's i mean there's a sort of dick wish which is like i want a thousand pounds of gold and the thousand pounds of gold just immediately appears over your head in a giant block and crushes you to death you just give him a thousand pounds of gold it's fine there's a thousand pounds of gold standing in front of you move it you can't move a thousand pounds of gold you know how hard that is to break up it waits until you're on a raft in the middle of the ocean right here's your thousand pounds of gold boom Now you've got a thousand pounds of gold, which basically would fill up a, you know, a small room. You can't. You'd have to like get a blowtorch in there to cut it. You can't hack it out with a pick. Um, but yeah, I think uh, be very <coughs> conscious of what they how they say the wishes. And Stu's right. That's a way to to sort of limit the guy and his wishes. And the other thing is, at the end of the day, if you if you promise this guy his wishes, let him do his thing. And just sort of work with him on it because it, he's only got three, and it sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Now I don't know what the other players are doing. They're all going to be maybe you know feeling slightly cheated. Where this guy attains godhood, and the rest <laughs> of them are like, all right, I guess we'll go back to our 
in. Yeah, he also brought. said he'd been working on this this player, the character. That's true. Been working on this for a long time, so this has yeah. kind of been his thing. Yeah, yeah. I would go uh, again. I do I'm like still the mo- towards being really careful about cheating him out of his end game. Because I do. This is I do like. He's wanted to do. I do like the idea of of giving him that sort of moral uh, choice. Wondry, yeah. If he only has one wish left because he had to use a wish to give the demon yeah. a wish, like does it. he really want to use that one wish he's got left to no- to fuck the demon over? Right. Or is that his responsibility because God knows what that demon's going to do with that wish? Right, you're the GM. You know what the demon's going to do with the wish, ostensibly. ostensibly. I mean, You know what? Whatever the GM thinks the demon's going to do with the wish, <laughs> the player's thinking of something worse. I'm sure. It's <laughs> just the way it works. <clears throat> Maybe the demon just wants to be, you know, king of his realm, which is fine because it's not going to bother you, or you know, maybe right. maybe because you gave him a wish, he might actually be on your side. Now all of a sudden, you've got the Lord of Hell on your side. You know, you ask for a favor now and again. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, thank you, Adam in Utah, for the email, and that's it. Um, and don't forget, if you want to email us about anything that you've heard, or if you have any other conundrums or questions, I, I like, love emails. Those Send conundrums emails. are interesting. I really like those those kind of yeah. <clears throat> we could wax philosophic on on ideas like this all the time because there's no there's no set answer. It's just sort of these are interesting ideas, and we run people run into these all the time. It's really one of the reasons people don't like wishes in their games, you know, because because at the end of the day, the GM just doesn't know really how to handle it. Oh like, yeah, it's just this is just hard. Uh, yeah, I'd rather not deal with it. So no, there's no wishing in my game. <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. right. Right? That's why wishes is like that people don't want to deal with it. It's too hard to figure out. Exactly. All right. I'm going to close it out. Thank you for joining us for Season 28, Episode 5. Five? Five? Of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. And we will see you next week at 7, probably 7 p.m. again, Pacific Time, uh, on Friday. Right here, happyjacks.org slash live. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. And maybe East Timor be a dreadful exalted Girls or dungeons and dragons Hero can find the fatal savage lands The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.